Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? We are starting Series 19. This is all about uh, building a great evaluation plan or engagement plan. Some people call this a, a close plan. It's going to be a two-episode series, and we're going to talk in depth here about um, what I think is going to be a really important subject uh, to, to dive deep into. Uh, and this is something I use, Bobby, like very early on in my career to still today. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a great way to kind of organize your pursuits with a, an existing customer that you're trying to upsell to, to uh, potentially a new customer. Yeah, I would say this is this is the game changer for me. Um, people often ask how I lose early and win often, and and I gotta say it's all because of this stuff. Now, this two part series is about eval plans and engagement plans, but it's evolved for both of us from small notes to small plans to big spreadsheets to to engagements for that take multiple years. Um, so it's good stuff. I'm looking forward to sharing it with everybody. But it is the secret sauce. If there's one series people should listen to, this is it. Yeah, and as I get engage with um, mentees, this is a big part of what I talk about. And we all have those moments to wake up in the middle of the night panicked about a deal and the status of the deal. And this really will will force you to have kind of that kick in the teeth conversation. So let me kind of lay out the the outline for how we're going to discuss this over two episodes. The first episode is going to be the thought process around an evaluation or engagement plan. We'll talk about the different types of engagement plans. Um, we'll talk about some, you know, our experience using these over the years from a simple one to an advanced one. We'll talk about the benefits of it. Like what, you know, why is it worth doing this? Um, this is not busy work. This is really fundamental to, to running a professional sales business. And then we'll give you kind of three uh, tips to start um to kind of start mentally composing how you'll construct the evaluation plan. This will be a little bit of a shorter episode. The second episode will be the real meat of it, and that's where we talk about um, actually building the engagement plan, sharing the engagement plan for collaboration, and then how we operate on that that, that plan on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis. Sometimes it's you know once a month. It kind of depends on the, the project and the scope of the project you're, you're looking to accomplish with your, uh, your prospect or customer. Yeah, I think the question that I get often when I have this side chatter with somebody, even a mentee or, or just a teammate on my team, you know, why are we doing all this work before we really start doing any of the demoing and getting them, you know, they're, they're not even, they don't even really seem a whole lot interested. Like we've had one conversation and they, they say they want to continue, but why are we doing all this work? Yeah, and and I the the best answer to that is, how many times have we walked out of that meeting and it's like, man, I think we got an interesting deal here just for it to be delayed right away. And wouldn't we much rather to, uh, to, to lose early or to, or to, or know that we've got somebody on the hook early. Right. And, and the only way to do that is by to materially lay out what the next steps are for an infect, an effective engagement. A good example of that, Bobby, is we, we both spent a lot of time at Microsoft. We've got a lot of Microsoft listeners and if, if you're familiar with really any sort of like SaaS contract or software contract out there, they're typically three or five year contracts. 
you're convincing a customer to kind of buy more product and enter into a longer term agreement with you. If they're already in agreement, you're looking for them to, to add more products or to you know, buy the new users as they come up on an annual basis. But there are a ton of steps that are involved in you know, adding a new customer or upselling a customer. And the, for me, the thanks and follow-up notes, and we'll provide examples of these. You can see these in the show notes. But the thanks and follow-up note for me was an important way for me to, to process those next steps for the engagement for the customer. There's non-disclosures they need to sign. There's meetings with partners that need to happen. There's demos that need to happen. There are counts that they owe you know, us as, as, the, as the vendor. There, there are multiple steps. And Bobby, you, you, you said it right up front. When you have that great meeting with this, with this potential new customer, this is a great way to kind of highlight and outline um, the important next steps that you can take the engagement forward with. Yeah, to answer that specialist's question just to begin with is I, I ask, why don't you do why would you imagine we don't have to do this work? I mean, this is the work of salespeople. You know, to get the buy-in in 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 verbal terms with a low level person is one thing. To to play that back to them, even after your your thanks and follow up email, I I've seen it both short and long, but I'm even thinking just the smallest of things, like you guys want to engage with us, you want to meet you're you're willing to meet every other week for two months you're willing to work on sizing engagements for how many seats you need of x y and z how much storage you need for databases of size and scale you're willing to buy the equipment and invest maybe a hundred thousand dollars in software and look to close before the end of the year that if that doesn't get bought into lord all the other stuff that you would possibly do would be a complete waste of time yeah, you're aligning pursuit teams. You're putting quotes together. You're, you've you've committed to do all of this work, and and you 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 assemble the team, and you got everybody doing all the work, and you get back to the the prospect, and the prospect doesn't respond to you back to your note, and you're like, oh, they're they're busy, you know, like they're they're busy. But the real the, the reality is, if without um, engagement, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts before, but you really have to assign them a very early step into it. And we'll talk about this as we kind of talk about building the engagement plan. But this is kind of your first uh, your your first kickoff into how do you have an effective professional evaluation uh, process. And we've I've used this with full interactive Google Sheets. You can use this with Excel online if you're a Microsoft person. Google Sheet has a great easy way to do it too. But if you just think about all the steps there are to get a get a new buying customer or for a pursuit that you're engaged on to get them to buy you know more products from you there are going to be dozens of steps and if you don't have some sort of uh, buy-in on these steps um, you're going to burn a lot of time yep 100 percent. all right so let's talk about some of the benefits of this bobby um I, you know for for me if, if you're trying to juggle two deals or 20 deals um for for me that was that, that was and, and still is very OCD about um, about what what's the worst thing that could happen right like that's what I'm thinking about every one of the deals that I'm working as an as an account executive I'm thinking like what am I missing here what's the next step here and so when I would mentor I, what what I, I got really good at building these eval plans and the next steps would really take care of themselves and I would talk to account executives whether that I was mentoring or that would work for me. And they were always kind of panicking on what that next step was. And the engagement plan, for me, always 
it, it was a very structured way for me to think about across the, the two deals or 20 deals that I'm working. Every morning, I look across the portfolio of the deals that I'm working. What is the next step that we can be working on? If we're not getting engagement on one of these evaluation plans, where did I miss? Like what, what did I miss in the conversation that um, could have better positioned this, this engagement plan or this evaluation plan? Like where do we need to kind of um, make adjustments and continue the conversation? Yeah, I find too that customers really appreciate this work if you do it well and you do it right. Many of them haven't seen a really well laid out evaluation plan or been guided by a sales team in this professional of a way. And they're like, great. Oh my God, I'm glad I, did. I wouldn't have thought of that. Thanks for helping me. Oh, you've got this thing a little bit earlier in the plan than I thought we could have done it. Can we push this back? I mean, they really appreciate the attention to detail and the guide through this process. And I've heard so many times to where, you know, we'll leave a customer meeting and a week later, the customer was supposed to send us X or Y. There was no email follow-up sent to the customer, let alone an engagement plan. And we're like, no, they, we didn't do that because they didn't, you know, they didn't send us what they promised they would send us. Yet we didn't even send a follow-up note to the customer, right? And it's like yep. we expected them in their list of their day job and 20 other things they have going to remember that one action item. And the fact, the truth is, oftentimes it's not that they didn't want to send it, send it to us or didn't want to engage with us. It's just that we didn't, like right after the meeting, the next day, send that, that, that you know, effectively beginning of the engagement plan. Yeah, and I use that to be how I manage my flags and tasks and outlook. Yep. So if I'm do uh, something basic, I would ask for is like an org chart or a date that works for them for the next meeting or something to where they're engaging me with me next so that they have the first action so I can see if they're even wanting to get engaged. And once they do that, then I just flag that for maybe a day before they owe me that just so I can be hypersensitive that are they getting it to me or I will do it the day of that way at five o'clock that day I can say, Hey, are you still working on a date or is, are we pushing things back a little bit? It gives you the ability to control the plan for closing this deal. Yeah. And the next two things to think about the benefits here is that this requires you to make sure you really clearly articulate what the customer's desired outcome is, whether it's, they want to go live on a certain project by a certain date, whether they've got a, a core objective they're trying to accomplish by the year end. This requires you to be very intentional about listening to what is important to him or her. And if you can nail that part of it, you can, you know, you can, you can build out the right steps to get there, right? If they have to get live by 2021, well, you know that you need to, you know, you need to start the project by mid 2020. And if you need to start the project by mid 2020, maybe they need to finish the training by Q1 of 2020. And if they need access to that, it, you, you get the point, right? Like it helps you focus on what the end date is or the desired in, outcome is for the customer so that you can kind of properly build out the right steps for it. And what happens oftentimes or sometimes, but it, a really positive outcome of this is it it requires or puts, in the, uh, puts to the forefront a crucial conversation that needs to happen because you are going to, in some cases, you're going to invest a lot of time and resources in winning this this pursuit or this deal or this new customer. And if you if you can boldly send this plan out and it matches the conversation that you had face to face, you're going to feel really good about it. But if it didn't match the conversation that you had, you know what conversation needs to occur next. And I think that for me, very early on in my career, 
um, forced me to have more uh, challenging conversations up front rather than just assuming these were the steps that needed to take. If I was going to be following up an email that says, you promised to have this to me by this date, then I better say I better say that in the meeting um, before I send that email out. Well, and I think the two conversations, crucial does sound harsh maybe, uh, but it's not. It, it's just, it gives you the authority to, to challenge and ask questions, right? We talk about the challenger sale. This gives you the challenge. This gives you the opportunity to be the biggest challenger you want to be because assuming you've done this right, they've already agreed to these dates and these actions and these times for their greater good, for their desired outcome. So it just gives you the ability to hold them accountable. The other option is the average rep who just tries to keep calling them back saying, hey, when are we going to meet again? When are we going to meet again? Mm-hmm. I thought this was important to you. I thought this was important to you. It just sounds like every other rep out there compared to the team or the, the rep who is driving the campaign for the customer's desired outcome. I, I, and we talked about executives for the last four weeks. What a great way to use your your ability to challenge, to get that access to the executive that you want to talk to. And I think what we're going to have in a couple of weeks is uh, some more information on forecasting. And the one benefit we both agree is the best for us is we've always had a strong pipeline and one that was realistic. We knew its weight. We knew how many deals were in the early stages of their their life cycle and how many were towards the later stages and did we have time to get the few things left we had to get done or not and if we don't then we push a deal because there's no way to get it done yeah it so to your point it forces timelines it forces them to review the timelines if something was misunderstood in the meeting there's it's a perfect opportunity for that to get cleared up which then ultimately leads to a stronger more accurate forecast right like we're always asked Hey, are we going to get this deal by this date? You know, by by the by managers out there. I'm speaking to the all of my my peer sales managers and sales directors out there. If if your account executives have strong evaluation plans that the customer has corresponded with, Bobby, as a as a sales manager, how much better do you feel about that? If you can see firsthand the sales, you know, the account executive has been engaging back and forth, and the context of this was a, a well put together engagement plan. It's so solid because even even if as we just went through an end of month, right, and probably yep. end of quarter for many listeners, uh, just a couple weeks ago, you're thinking, okay, what was supposed to happen at the end of September, and did did they hit it or not? If the the rep that's engaging with the executive says yes, we're going to get it signed by Friday or the end of the week of September 23rd, you've got my commitment. We're working on it. I've got the right people involved. That's great. The other phone call that would kill me as a sales manager is the one that I would make, and the guy or girl on the other line goes, my gut says we're going to get it, man. I feel really good about it. What? Yeah. You feel good about it? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, because you bought this guy or girl a few cocktails somewhere? Like, how are we going to secure the deal? What is it going to take? And they have no idea when it's just a feeling. It drives me insane. Yeah, and, and no one expects here for this engagement plan to be like day one to day 10 or day 200 for it to be the same engagement plan. Things are going to shift. Timelines are going to change. Signers are going to change. The the contracts they swore to you up and down, they're not going to have to have legal to review. Legal is going to have to review it. The board they said board meeting to get it approved, they said would never have to happen. It's going to have to happen, right? Like this is going to change. And, and that's so you're going to have to kind of continue to reinvent the engagement plan. And it's as you get towards the end of closing the deal out, 
it's going to get very tactical. It's going to be, you said you'd have red lines back to me on Thursday. We promised to get the uh, counter red lines back to you by Thursday end of day. If we all come to agreement, then Friday morning, you said that you're going to take it back to the CEO for review. And how you get the point, like it's, it's got to get somewhat tactical. And that's that Bobby turns a, I feel good to it, like an emotion into a, here is our plan. And look, the plans go sideways. Sometimes they break. Sometimes things don't work. That is the that is the impossibly challenging thing to manage about sales. But putting this plan in front of them forces these crucial conversations to happen. Yeah, the one thing I would love to do when I was a rep, my manager would call me towards towards the latter part of a quarter and say, "Tell me what's going to happen." was I'd love to say this deal is going to happen this quarter. If it doesn't, the only thing that I can account to it is they've absolutely been lying. There's no, we've been working towards this together. You've seen all the documentation, either their boss has lied to them or they've lied to us. And there's nothing I can do about that's the only risk we have. And that means I've done all the work I can do. The partners done all the work they can do and we've got it locked up. And, And how many times Bobby, have you seen from your peers or even early in your sales career to where, it's, it's, um, yeah, I think that, no, I think we're all good. I don't think that they need to have legal review the contracts. Yeah, it's terrible. Thinking, thinking and feeling is worthless in this, in this game. Yep. So let's talk about kind of three, um, things that can help you start to get this composed. And then we're going to get a lot more in the weeds next week. And we're going to share some examples with you of evaluation plans and engagement plans, um, over the next week. Uh, so first is define the scope of the project. Again, this could be if you're um, a reseller and you're trying to get a new buying account, um, this could be very simple. You have an incoming phone call or maybe you connect with somebody on the other end of the line and they want to quote for um, a new uh, new server or whatever the new technology is, right? Like there's a, there's a dialogue back and forth. What's the quantity you need? Okay, you're going to have to sign an NDA and then we can share pricing with you. Okay, wait, no, we actually have to sign your NDA. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so then you review the quote and are you the one that kind of approves the quote or does it need to go to your boss or does it need to go to procurement? Like you're you're tactically in that in that conversation, you're coming up with like five steps right off the bat. These steps could all be accomplished in 48 hours or 48 days, right? Mm. The point is you're thinking about what those next steps are. And that was, for me, the genesis of the, fo- the thanks and follow-up email, which was thanks for the conversation. It was, a, it was great to get to know you and your business. Here are the items that we discussed to follow up with. I didn't make it as formal as here is the attached you know, 62-line Excel spreadsheet of all the things that you need to do to do business with us, right? Like that's very off-putting. However, well, and this this all goes back to our very first series about meeting preparation. You got to be planning to ask for these follow-up items in the meeting because if you don't, you have nothing to agree to to follow up on. So you have to have a plan in that meeting that I'm trying to sell X and to do that I need to do these things. So I've got to be engaging and asking questions that will drive them to give me some responses that we have a little bit of an evaluation plan to move forward. Yep, the second part of this could be Maybe it's a demo. Maybe you're just agreeing to do a demo. Well, before we do a demo, we do discovery. We got to check calendar availability. Um, you know, there's again, you could come up with ten different steps here. The aim is not to overcomplicate it. The aim is to put a structure behind what next steps need to occur by what date to accomplish what's ultimately the customer's desired outcome. And if as long as you're thinking towards the customer's desired outcome, then 
asking for discovery is a very reasonable and practical thing to do. Like all the time, um, I'll hear you know an account executive say, "Well, we got to do a demo like next Thursday, or in two you know in two weeks or whatever, or tomorrow." Right? That's the customer's desired outcome, and I know that you know many salespeople want to be people pleasers. They want the customer to be very happy with them. But if we want to really achieve and focus on that customer's desired outcome, what things do we need to do internally to be successful to meet that? And that could be two or three steps. And the customer needs to know that there are two or three steps that we need to get there to help them ultimately make that evaluation. Maybe their, de- their desired outcome is a demo, but what they what they need to know is they, that, de- that demo needs to be tailored to them, right? It can't be something generic out of the box most of the time. So to get there, to get to that desired outcome, which is a tailored demo, there are you know five or six different steps that you need to take to get there. <clears throat> and while that's not an evaluation plan that leads to a sale, that the first tip is think of define the scope of the project, and then align your engagement plan to the scope of the objective. Yeah. What's next? Do I think we're talking to stakeholders? We're trying to identify stakeholders. Yeah. Indeed. So the stakeholders are. Um, on a lot of different levels. We teased this in the previous series about engaging executives. This is a great opportunity to go more to an, 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 a medium size evaluation. Like, so perhaps this is a, you know, a one month sell cycle, right? Or, or two month sell cycle. Um, let's say that you're gonna, you're gonna build some custom demos. You're gonna come out on site with them. You're gonna pitch a proposal. You know, you're gonna, there's a lot of different steps here, right? Maybe like eight, eight steps you have here. It, it's very reasonable to highlight to your project sponsor that look we're gonna we're gonna invest you know two teammates we're gonna come out on site I'm gonna fly these people in from here and there here's my ask I want to make sure that our team is doing everything we possibly can to help this project be a success and I want to know that we're lining up well with your team and so I'm gonna ask that in week three that we have an executive alignment with one of your VPs before we go into that presentation, right? This is a perfect opportunity for you to engage the executive, put it on the engagement plan, um, and have it kind of effectively signed off by the project sponsor. Yeah, and I think that this is this is an easy one to, to really understand. Are you going to win or lose, right? If they say no to this, you're, you don't have a shot. You're, you're either helping them build a case for another partner or vendor or product to win, or you're wasting your time, um, assuming this is not a fifty thousand dollar purchase, but this is maybe more like half a million dollars. Businesses don't spend half a million dollars without a lot of people agreeing it's the right thing for the business, and normally that's going to be an executive. So, your guy or girl who has no direct reports is not the one who's going to spend five hundred thousand dollars. I'm, I've lately not met many executives. Well, executives, yes, directors don't even have a $50,000 spend limit, which means they're not going to approve it. When they tell you they're the only approver, I'm the only stakeholder you have to worry about, they're lying to you, and you've got to be strong in your challenge of that and say we need to know who the stakeholder is that's going to actually write the check, and we need to meet with them before we do X, Y, and Z. I couldn't agree more. If you don't, if there is, let's say this is a system hardware or software they're going to live with for the next five years. Are you telling me that a 30-minute conversation with a VP at your company is not worth it for a system that you're going to live with for five years? That you're going to have X percentage of your employee population engaging with at some level? That like, if you are the only sponsor for it, you're going to either get fired or celebrated for it? Like, 
let's get a little bit more buy-in from those around you so that you're not the only guy that wins or loses with this thing. Come on. Yeah. And it's a good opportunity for you to, to share examples of past engagements that you've worked on and how aligning executives has worked for them. Cause at the, you know, hopefully at this point you have a feel for how bought in they are, right? Like you want a project sponsor that's obviously excited about your technology, of course, like in an ideal world. And that's not the case in every engagement, right? But you know, set, let's say 75% of the engagements and you, your project sponsor actively wants you to win. If that is their goal and desired outcome, Mr. Customer, here is how I've seen it work. Here's how I've seen other customers buy our wares. And it's by ha- us having good executive alignment early on. Um, this is a good opportunity too to have alignment. I've seen this for bigger pursuits, people to get access to operational leadership. Like maybe you wanna do a day in the life and get a feel for how your technology might interact interact with a field operations leader. And Bobby, this is probably near and dear to your heart, but what about partners? How do you involve partners in these engagement plans? You have to include them, and you have to get them to understand the greater good. I, I think what I see often is where the partner wants their stuff to be all about, I'll own every step, I'll own every action item, I'll own it, I'll own it, I'll own it. And that's really where you got to, advertise the collaborative effort right many many times uh it it sounds silly but when there are action items i put the customer's action items first the partner's action items next and my action items third i kind of want them to be elevated above me Mm -hmm. in the eval plan if it's a joint thing if it's partner and vendor then i put in the action item partner with the rep's name vendor with my name um or vice versa i always put there it doesn't sound like much but it shows them that you're thinking about them before you're thinking about yourself, right? So put them in the evaluation plan, put them in the action items, and then hold them a, a little bit higher than yourself. Uh, it'll pay dividends in the long run. And finally, know your limitations. Put together realistic timelines for this. You got to think about the engagement plan as a workback plan. Like, how are we going to help this customer or prospect achieve their goal and by what date and what steps need to happen to get there. And you could whiteboard this out in front of them, right? Like you could get up on a whiteboard and say, okay, you want to go live this date. We need to accomplish this. And then before that, we need to do this. And before we do that, we need to do this. If the aim is to do discovery on a Tuesday, you're not going to demo Wednesday, right? Like be thoughtful about how you line these dates up. Make sure that you, you know, you plan around events that they have in their own, their own corporate calendar, you know, like, uh, working with a customer that may be going through an acquisition. Well, they may be optimistic to think you're going to get access to them the week that the acquisition closes, right? So so be thoughtful about that plan because it's going to get beat up naturally. Don't inject unrealistic timelines in there that allow it to get beat up before it really even gets off the ground. Yeah, my tip, my, my one argument or, or soapbox on this one is as we get close, people start talking in terms of the month or the week Man, I think you. I think as you get towards the end, last three weeks of the deal, last three weeks of the engagement, you've got to be talking days and time of day if you're going to get it done when you want and say you're going to get it done. And they've got to help guide you and give you some realistic expectations. I, I've seen I've seen deals get lost and pushed into new fiscal years when I didn't get paid on the deal because I changed jobs because someone's child was getting married in the summertime when we were at Microsoft and the end of year was July 30 or June 30th uh, or right around that July 4th holiday weekend, something got blown up. We didn't get to do it. No pun intended, but 
I've seen I've seen all kinds of things from holidays, weekends, Thanksgivings right around the corner. Thanksgiving's going to ruin everybody's November on this call right now or listening to this podcast because you're going to forget that the entire week is when the family's going to see other people. You can't pick the third week of November and have any hope of getting that deal done. So use everything that you have in your in your whole toolbox to help guide them towards a date that's realistic for everybody. Couldn't agree more. And we'll, we'll talk about that actually a little bit more in depth uh, next week too when we talk about um, like how do you tactically engage back and forth with a project sponsor. And you talked about like putting specific dates to it. So we'll, we'll get into that much more specifically next week. Um, but for that, we're going to wrap it up today. And as I mentioned, next week we'll get into kind of building the, the engagement plan, delivering that to them, and then how do you operate it on a day-to-day basis. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week... Average is the enemy.